Welcome back to the Act 2 podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I am Josh Allman. As a reminder, Act 2 is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter, which this podcast is one of the things that we do. Thank you for joining us today. One of our other initiatives, though, is the Act 2 mentorship program that we do in partnership with our friends over at Coverfly. And our latest mentor is Dan Antoniazzi, who is my DM in one of my long-running D&D games. DM. And... Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master. Okay. Game Master, whatever you'd like to call him. Which obviously means he's super creative because he can come up with these campaigns. He's organized. He's patient. He's great. He wrote Nine Lives. Starring Jennifer Garner, Christopher Walken. He wrote a movie for mm-hmm. Luke Besson, for Timur Bekmambatov, for Millennium Films, who also did Red Sonia. He is a boss, and I love him. And his mentee starting this month is Rachel Weatherly, who is on Coverfly's Red List. She won the Virginia Screenwriting Competition in 2021 for a heist comedy, mm. which is cool. It's called Take Off. And I think they're going to be great together. And... Uh, it's just it's important to remember we do this yeah. <laughs> it's really it's a really cool program and if you are interested in the mentorship yourself check out coverfly.com backslash career mentorship and you can learn all about how you apply there i love it i love it too i just want to make a public apology on the podcast okay for missing the tasha halloween party listen we had our first halloween party ever uh, first Halloween party I've thrown. First Halloween party as a couple. Oh. My manager came. Oh. Dave, friend of the podcast, came. Everyone in the writers group came. <laughs> Do you know who didn't come? My good friend Josh Hallman. My good friend and co-host of the podcast, Josh Hallman. And what was the best part about it is there was a guest there who's a friend of Paul's, who's an up-and-coming writer, and she currently has a day job as an editor's assistant, I believe, at at Paul's old company. And she was asking everyone where Josh was. And I had to be like, he didn't come to my party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I had a situation. I just couldn't leave my daughter. That's it. Family. <laughs> <laughs> it was an adults only party. It was. I, wouldn't, I don't bring her to parties like that because... I don't, I don't want her to see me like that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just have another one. I'll be at the next one. I will. Can you have another Halloween party? It was so party? fun. It was so great. We did pumpkin carving. There's a costume contest with prizes. We did a horror movie quiz, which was great. Dave won. Dave won. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> but it was neck and neck. We had to go into like five sudden death rounds for him to win. What did he win on? Do you remember the question? I do remember the question. It was um, Mike Flanagan's Midnight Club on Netflix is based on a series of books by which author? And then if... Stephen King. Incorrect. Uh, And then if they both, if the two people both got that right, then the kind of bonus was who is that? It's a pseudonym, that author's name. What did he name himself after? John Lark. And the answer... (laughs) The answer is Christopher Pike. Oh. He's the author, and he named himself after Star Trek Captain Christopher wow. Pike. Wow, and Dave knew that? Dave knew that. 
fucking Dave. He didn't know the Star Trek bit. Oh, okay. Because he's not that kind of nerd. He's only a horror nerd. Yeah. (laughs) Dave. Wow. You didn't... Good thing you didn't stump him with the Star Trek one. But anyway, I'm sorry I missed it. And I just... You know where I will be? The Act 2 mixer at the end of this month. I will 100% be there. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be super fun. Um, Mark your calendars if you haven't already. November 30th, we are having an Act 2 public event yeah. yeah if you're if you hear this you're welcome to come you're welcome to come it's gonna be in hollywood at least josh and i will be there <laughs> i 100 percent will be there there's no missing it i will be there i will be there <laughs> could just be an intimate conversation <laughs> of two but <laughs> let's record a podcast <laughs> it'll be great okay okay i have some this week's in writings this Weekend writing. A writer I was talking to yesterday. She's currently staffing on a show. She has been a working feature writer for some time. But she was mentioning that her reps are not really working for her. They're not actively sending her samples out to get her interviews for staffing jobs, even though she has this experience. And so what she's had to do to hustle, which I found this very interesting is she's entering these TV show competitions these um, or programs that we've talked about on the podcast just so that she can get in front of networks like CBS and Fox and et cetera, et cetera, because they all have these writing programs for, for television writers to come on. And if you go through this program, you have a really high chance of getting staffed on one of their shows. So this is how she's accessing that, even though she has reps, even though she's a professional screenwriter at this point. So wow. all of you go do these programs, but also, you know, that that's a bigger conversation to have with your reps. Yeah. I actually think staying active, signing up for these competitions and stuff is actually a very good thing or either or programs, competitions, whatever it may be, because... It just keeps you going. And I it's so easy to kind of drift away from that. And I understand why. I totally do. But at the same time, it's like just because someone's repped doesn't mean you stop doing certain things. I mean, you can just keep going. Yeah, you're right. It's part of the hustle. It's part of the hustle. And, and, and if she can generate something or if anyone can generate something for themselves through a program, why not? I think the problem there is that your reps... If you already have a staffing job and you have feature writing credits, your rep should definitely be submitting you to the point where some of these competitions, certainly the competitions, but some of the programs should be something you no longer have to hustle for. Like instead, you're kind of hustling in the direction of meeting new people and sending emails and follow-ups like we've talked about on the podcast to people that you've already met months ago and getting new coffees and meeting friends of friends who are also executives. It's that kind of hustle, but... Yeah, I thought it was very interesting because it's clearly a path to getting a job that even someone who has work is doing. And it's just something to consider. I have of This Week in Writing. Okay. You sent me a tweet from somebody that said that representatives had asked him for his resume, his writing resume. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he met someone, I'm not going to say his name, even though it's on Twitter, but we didn't ask for permission, so I'm not going to say his name. But I, someone had tweeted that they were asked to give someone their resume with like yeah an agent had asked him for his resume i said that so wrong thank you tasha (laughs) have you ever heard of that before 
I've never heard of that. It was very surprising. And I was curious. So the, the tweet continued with like, hey, guys, it was an open question. Like, what should I be putting on my resume? Should it be the competitions I've been doing? Should it be where I studied in college, like writing in college? And then it started making me think, like, why is this agent asking for a resume? Is it for those things? Or is it to see if this person has life experience that makes him interesting? Like, does he hope, does this agent hope to see on the resume that this guy worked at NASA as an intern for a year and then also was homeless at some, like, like, what is he looking for in a resume? I don't know. I don't understand it. I've never been asked for one as a writer. Yeah, I don't think that's legit. That's really weird. And I would stay away from that person. Although, yes, I mean, that's, that's possible. But... When I was looking for a writer for my writer's room, writers for my writer's room, there were some writers who had resumes readily available. But again, these are people who were working professionals for a while. So it's like basically just a list of their credits. So if an Asian is asking clearly an unproduced writer who has no reps for their resume, that feels, why are they asking for that? That's true. I don't know. I don't uh, know. That was new. If that happened to you, message us. I'm curious. Curious what, yeah, what they were looking for. Okay, go. So we read Barbarian, the script for Barbarian, the, the horror movie for our Halloween script club this last month. And I'll be honest, there's an entire episode's worth of talking that we did. But I wanted to narrow in on two very kind of simple style things that we noticed in this script written by Zach Kreger. Um, the movie Barbarian, if you haven't seen it, it's really great. It's a, it's a little horror movie. It's not super scary. It's just fun. Um, but something I think that you would find interesting, Josh, these little style things that he did. So let's say a scene takes place in a house. So instead of saying, like doing a whole new slug line for interior living room house day, and then da da da, and then they move to the kitchen, interior kitchen house day, continuous, whatever. He didn't do that. He would just be like house, you know, or interior house day. Yeah. And then when they move to the kitchen, what he would do is just dash dash a bold capitalized word kitchen mm -hmm. colon and then there's the rest of the scene would take place and it works um, on the same line like on the same line like action description would take place and then if they move into the bedroom dash dash capital bold bedroom colon they walk into the bedroom and start you know doing the sheets together whatever so the reason i do appreciate this is someone who has tried to write something that took place in a house which i think you remember that was such a hang up for me because the per my my and I I was always looking for examples of how is this written. I've seen different examples of some had slug lines, some didn't. Some had you seen descriptions, some didn't. And it was so difficult just writing. Okay, they're running through the living room, up the stairs, in the hallway, to the bedroom, and when someone was like being chased, just exactly yeah. what you're describing. And so that's an example that I need to go check out, and wish I had thought of that. I probably did think of it. Yeah. You do it and like you don't like it. So you change it. But maybe it just worked. In right. The You're not sure if it's OK. That was a conversation we had that obviously when it gets to production, that's going to be different. Like when someone's actually breaking down your script to figure out budget and to figure out, uh, you know, the amount of locations that we need, et cetera. They're going to change the slug lines of your script. But for the read, it really, yeah. really works. It makes things really clear. It doesn't break up the action so much that you get taken out of the scene, like you're saying, like running up the stairs, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was great. And this, the second thing that he did style-wise, which I thought was interesting, was in Barbarian, and it's it would be interesting for you to watch it and then read it 
for those of you who are interested in this like kind of style that he does. I do this as well, but I do it differently where he gives an italicized, in italics, he gives what the character is thinking. So like at one point in the movie, the character goes down into the basement and the basement door closes above them. And there's a separate line with italics that says, fuck, of course the, the, the door is locked. Mm-hmm. And you can just imagine the character acting, the actor acting that moment of like, ugh, like kind of rolling their eyes. And it really gives like a really interesting way to do action description or like, uh, yeah, like just description of how the actor should behave in that moment, but still puts you in the head of the character, which I thought was really interesting. When I do it, I tend to like, um, let's say the, the door slams on Josh dash dash oh shit the door just closed on me in italics would be kind of how i did it but he would give it a whole separate line and i know that seems minute but there was something about giving it its own sentence without any other stuff around it that made it feel uh unique that made it feel like an action description i had to pay attention to and it also helped guide my hand emotionally through a scene that didn't have a lot of dialogue because if you remember this movie a lot of times the characters are by themselves in the scary environment but they need the read of the script needs to feel engaging and that's a great way to like break it up and almost kind of pretend do dialogue in a way so it feels like it's broken up i'm sure we've all come to scenes where it's just one person in a room and it's just a lot of action description that feels really heavy-handed so this is just a great way to break it up man i definitely need to read that because i've had so many instances where i've struggled in scenarios just like that and i've often put thoughts in italics and i've gotten dinged for it from people who have said oh like i've said to producers right and like remove this I don't like this. Like one of those. I'm like, what? You know, what the hell? I don't understand. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So something that I was texting with you about, which I thought was very interesting, how last week we did a horror episode and I, yes. a ton of the movies I noticed that we mentioned were based on previous IP, like a short story or a real life incident or a book or something. And it got me thinking about Mike Flanagan, who is my favorite writer director working right now. And all the stuff that I love of his is also based on a book. Or in the case of Fall of House of Usher, which is going on right now, a bunch of short stories. And it feels so original because he has a take on it. And the way he writes and directs each episode or his and his team writes each episode. But in reality, it is still public domain IP, which I think is something we should all be thinking about because I personally struggle the most with original spec scripts. It just takes me a very long time, as we'll find out in our spec check in a second. Uh, but if I had the help of a short story that I loved or a book series that I really, really was passionate about, and then I had a take on that, it's so much easier for me to write around something and change what's already there, and also easier to sell because it's IP. It's something that, you know, a studio can understand. So if you're at a stage where people are telling you that you can't get big IPs that you really want to work on, or you're in a stage where you're struggling to write an original, original script, start looking at some of these short stories that are just public domain, you know, articles that are out there. Just start looking at things that you can start to wrap your story around or the thing you want to talk about around that. Mm-hmm. And and that could be a really good way into selling your next thing. Yeah. There was just last week that article, David Boxerbaum, Scott Glasgold, 
they sold something. It was based off of a short story. Yeah. I didn't read as much as I should to knowledgeably talk about it, but short stories, man. Short stories. Yeah. It's out there. Go do it. Okay. Quick spec check. Spec check. Spec check. I sent my um, pilot off to my manager, John. And oh, it's, shit. It's been a while since he's read something. Yeah. And I'm... I'm nervous. Is this, did you edit it at all or revise it at all based on writer's group notes before sending to him or is this the draft that writer's group read? No, no, it's it's revised. Okay. Why? What was that look? How do you what? feel? No, how do you feel? Good. I feel like it's in a place where it's like, it's, he should read it now. Yeah, it's time to get his feedback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why? What, 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 what were you thinking? Should I not have sent it? Tell me, Tasha. No, I was just I was just curious if you were doing it simultaneously with writer's group or you wanted to make some changes. Because sometimes writer's group can offer so many suggestions that it's like, eh, let me get eyes on at least this first version that's purely Josh yeah. before I before I tackle the notes. So I didn't I just didn't know which one you chose. No, no, no. Okay. I'm glad you asked because I thought you gave a look just now of uh like I know you didn't read the second sure? draft. Like, yeah. did you Yeah. I no, I read, I read half of your your first draft. It's great. Okay, I feel like it's better. So, all right, I'm feeling a little better. Hell I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling a little better. But we'll see. I'm gonna congratulations. Keep it up That's you. a huge deal. Listen, I love John. I love him to death. He's he's gives some notes sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> Jay Z's coming in hot, baby. God help me. <laughs> he knows it. I love it. I love it. They're always thoughtful. Should we do your note session live on the podcast? Oh my god. <laughs> This is actually a great idea. I should do that. I'm happy to be the the guinea pig on this and get notes from my manager live on the podcast. I am so in. Can I also chime in and just give notes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll do this. So my spec check is that a script that Dave and I actually co-wrote together. Um, we've been breaking a pilot since I think July of this year. Um, this is November. We just finished a draft and sent it to writers group at the end of October. And we're currently revising it. We're taking the week to revise based on those notes. We're going to send it again to writers group next week to see if mm. it's better. And then I think at that point, if you guys have minimal notes, we might just send it to our reps or we might do a few tweaks and then send it to them to start hopefully taking, we want to take it out in January ish, which means mm -hmm. We have that long to get notes from our reps as well as prepare a pitch. So uh, it's a pilot and we're excited. Let's just cross the bridge when we get there. But what if your reps have opposing notes? Okay. So the way that it typically has gone with them is that my manager is the more creative of the bunch. And so her notes sort of trump everyone else's notes in terms of creative thoughts. Oh, I hope they're but listening. <laughs> I know Mark listens. Mark, I love you. Oh, my God. But you know this is true, Mark. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's get Mark on. <laughs> uh, like Mark and Lee, my, my agents will usually give more like broader notes. Like I remember one time they told me I can't kill a, a dog in my script. They're like, we can't, I can't sell this. No one's going to want a dog to die in this script. You have to take it out. Like stuff like that. Did you kill the dog? I might have taken it out, but said to myself, I'll just put it back in after we sell it. <laughs> there you go. Hey, take that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Mark knows I love him. <laughs> Me too. I've never met him, but I um, love you, Mark. And then I another part of the spec check is that I finished my short story. And I sent it to my manager and she has it. And we're talking later today about what to do with it now to hopefully take it to market as well. Somewhere Scott Glasgow just just is like fairy wings <laughs> just perked up. Let's <laughs> get him, baby. Call uh, me Scott. <laughs> Scott, the master, the maestro. <laughs> master. Hook it up. This is a great short story. I can't wait. And uh, I just I everyone listening, mark my words. Just trust me. This short story. It's awesome. I hope and you're so. gonna read about it. I promise you. That'd be I amazing. I'm gonna I actually have this clip. I'll just reclip this. This is great. This is Josh's <laughs> prediction corner. All right. <laughs> Josh's prediction corner new segment on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we? Today. Today, Josh, we are talking about how to tackle a second draft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've gotten notes. You've gotten notes. You're sitting down with this draft that you wrote. You're wondering, what the fuck do I do now? Do I throw it in the garbage and light it on fire? Mm-hmm. Do I not look at it for months? Do I give up writing entirely and move back home with my mom? Yeah. Ooh. Or do you put your big girl pants on or boy pants and you tackle your second draft like a boss? You tackle it. I think this came from the idea because we were both working on... At the time, this idea came as like working on a second draft. And it was like, what do you keep? What do you don't keep? You get notes. In this case, it was from writer's group. It was all these different things that were happening. And then we started to talk about second drafts. And I think this is actually really important because this is Mm. the next big step of how you transform your script. It's a big thing. It's a big deal. I'm curious to your process because I, I sort of developed a little bit of a process that I've had, but it's been a while since I've written a spec, meaning like six to eight months or whatever it was since mm-hmm. I've written. And so, you know, I'm just curious to what your process is. Process is a very generous term for what I do, I would say. I And I only because I think my process is different depending on the project. Right. Like I can, I'm going to tell you about my most recent rewrite of a first draft. And I will say that I don't do this exact thing for every single second draft in this exact order. It just kind of, it depends on the the kind of notes that you get. It depends on the amount of notes that you get. Yeah. It depends on who's giving you the notes. So all of that will be taken into consideration, but I can talk about kind of what I did on this last group of notes as we ta- Dave and I tackled our, our pilot notes um, yeah. from our let's, first draft. Let's talk about it all. Second drafts are so important. They're so important. Okay. So, so for, for Dave and I's draft, we got notes back from our writers group, I think just last week, and we expected them to be minor and they were not. <laughs> the notes indicated we needed kind of completely new scenes, which we knew we sort of needed. We just, you know, weren't really sure about. We have three amateur detectives in our show and we knew our detectives weren't quite smart yet. So we were excited to hear where our writers group thought we needed these additional scenes. But then we were surprised by kind of much bigger notes about the mythology going on behind the show and also like the overall arc of our characters not working. So we realized we needed a lot of new scenes and a lot of rejiggering of the current scenes that we had because they weren't doing the work we thought they were doing. So Dave and I met up over Zoom for a couple hours, maybe like three or so it took to get through all of this. Um, I had our notes up that I typed up in the meeting. He had his. And then we went scene by scene, starting right at the top of what do we need to change in this scene based on all of the notes that we got. And we didn't just do scenes that were noted. 
we went through every single one because, of course, you get a note on scene 12, it probably start, the problem probably starts in scene two. So we knew we needed to go through every single scene to make sure the transitions were working. We were building the things that we needed to build appropriately. And then we just talked about how that scene works, what we wanted it to be, and what we needed to change to make it do the the thing that we needed it to do. Okay. Now, during writer's group, for example, I do think we got we got a note that was just dumb. Who said it? Was it me? <laughs> it was not you. Okay. It was not you. I'm kidding. It wasn't dumb. It was actually really smart, where our entire story kicks off. It, 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 it's dumb because it's annoying. Our entire story kicks off with a high school reunion, mm-hmm. and we got the note from two people, not Josh, that the high school reunion should just get taken out entirely. The high school reunion's not doing anything. Get rid of it. And what I heard was, okay, the high school reunion is not yet doing anything. <laughs> so we have to make sure that in the rewrite, the high school reunion feels important. It feels pivotal because it is to our story. It kicks everything off. So we had to rework our entire act one of the pilots so the reunion was doing what we needed it to do. Let me just chime in here and yeah. say that's very smart of you. And that I think is very hard to do what you just did by acknowledging that a scene is necessary because I think a lot of times someone can give you a note or someone gets notes and you feel as though you have to remove it. Like, you know, something's not working. Let's just take the high school dance or uh, reunion, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Something's not working. Something's not working. And then a bunch of people give you this note. It's very hard not to just eliminate that scene, by the way. And yeah. just try that. But you know that you needed it. And and I'm just, yeah. I'm just acknowledging that that's a very good way to look at that and say, well, we need this. So it's not working yet. But I know this is necessary. Yes. It took me a long time to get to a point where I understood that when someone says we don't need this, take it out. It's because I haven't done my job yet. And I think it's partly because I was able to learn to let go of ego a little bit. Because part of why... I think I was resistant to being able to do that, like the note behind the note that we talk about, is because I always was like, well, this first draft is the best. It's the best draft. It's the pure draft. It's Tasha's draft. It's straight from my brain. Love it. And then when they're like, oh, take this out, I'd be like, fuck. Okay, I got to take it out because, you know, Tasha's, I don't know, Tasha's brain wasn't the right thing in this moment. Instead of acknowledging that, like, I'm super flawed as a writer. This is going to take multiple drafts to get it into a place that's any good. So the scene is just not there yet. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I had a similar experience with the pilot that Nicole, my wife and I were writing, where I submitted it to group. The opening scene wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And I was getting dinged on it. And I was like, everyone kept kind of giving a note and... I know that this opening scene, which actually happens to take place uh, within a no, not at a school, but it like kind of like in a school-like setting, and it's this kind of auction, and I, and I and I wanted it to be there be, for certain reasons, but people were having problems with it, and I like Nicole and I, we just kept talking, and I was talking to you about, it, I was talking to Dave about it, and I was like, I know this needs to be there for certain reasons, and I even explored completely eliminating it, but it still stayed, it changed because I just don't think it was doing the work. And I hopefully it's now doing the work that the note that was uh, that was given. But I had yeah. a similar scenario where yeah. people were bumping, kept it in. I love this part of writing, by the way. It's like it's it's like you're you sort of are playing the part of a detective in a way as a writer to try to figure yeah. out 
what's the problem and how do I solve it in a creative way? And what are the problems people are having with it? Because if sometimes maybe the high school reunion needs to be taken out. And yeah. but it depends on what the note is, right? And the note seemed to be, I don't understand why it's here. Not like structurally it doesn't make sense that the high school reunion is in the place that it is because that's a note where i'm like oh maybe i need to change where the high school reunion takes place and maybe it's not the opener that i think it is but if it was like i don't get why it's here i can fix that like i can yeah. make you understand why and i think that's a similar thing with your your opener i think i agree like in reading it it very much had to start there i never had a solution so i'm i'm excited to see what you did of how to make it work as a as an opener I've been meaning to tell you, Tasha, I incorporated one of your solutions that might have been a yeah. throwaway to you, but stuck with me. And I was like, oh, and something you had said just kind of clicked in my brain. Was it the Fight Club comment? It was It was Fight Club, date night. There was a fire involved. There was a bunch of yeah. things that you had said that I was like, oh, I think you were on like the right path. And I tried to incorporate it. And I think I think it works. That's cool. I think. Yeah, I was just driving around Los Angeles and randomly I was like, huh, what if the school is on fire? Josh, <laughs> I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you about this. <laughs> like, oh. Why can't I have moments of that for my own scripts? <laughs> because you're like, it's so weird how people can figure out other people's scripts like that, just like off the cuff because you're like not too invested yeah. and you're kind of like, oh, that'd be cool. And, and then it, sure enough, it. I think it. I think it works. That'd be cool. I'm excited to see it. These are my famous last words. Just <laughs> Josh's prediction corner. <laughs> it gets taken out completely. <laughs> okay, continue. Somewhere. Okay, so we went scene by scene, and then I was working on my iPad just to get specific here, and I would just write in the margins things that needed to change. And then I sent that to Dave, and that is now the document we are working off of to make our changes as we go. And I'll say that I wish I had a more organized way to process notes or to prepare for my next draft. I've always wished this, where like, I wish I, I could, I had time or the energy to like rewrite the notes that I get live, like just my wild notes that I get as people are just spitting out ideas and be like, okay, these are the character notes. Okay, these are the structure notes or whatever. And so that my document feels really clean, but I don't do that. I, I, I just, it's just, I'm able to, for some reason, wrap my mind around all of the notes that are given to me. Yeah. Even though they're in a jumble of a document that I'm, I'm kind of, I don't need to do that extra step. But what I do that do do next, tend to do next, is that after I have this note session, I will often, if it's a, if it's a ton of notes, I will open a new final draft document, put the old draft next to it on my computer, and then just start from scratch. And then I, I hold the notes in my head or I have it open next to me to just kind of refer to. Um, and then I just rewrite the whole thing. And what I love about that process is it feels less surgical, particularly when you're in the second draft, it's usually a lot of bigger changes. And I don't get surgical until much later in the process. So I like to do it on like clean drafts because it almost like tricks my brain into making it think it's doing this from like, this is the first draft and I'm incorporating beautiful notes that I should have known before. And it just feels fresher for me. So uh, that's kind of what so I do. So your cop, you have this two final drafts next to each other and you're copy and pasting what works. And then. No, I'm completely retyping Oh, you're it. retyping everything. Yeah. I don't like copy pasting because 
I feel like I didn't actually write that. I gotcha. It, it, I, I can't like get into the flow of that scene if I've copied and pasted it because I've not actually written it. Does that make it does. sense? You, Is that crazy? Not at all. I think you've told me this once before okay. and I completely just blacked it out because I was like, no, no. But <laughs> do, do you write the same words that if you have a description that you really like and you're like, I like that, then you just rewrite that? Yeah. I understand. Because sometimes I'll change a word or two that like makes it cleaner or sharper or shorter, yeah. but I won't know if I just copy paste it. I certainly won't remember to do that. And if I just went into the scene itself, I'll be focusing on surgical things instead of like the, the feel of the scene. Yeah. So if I'm writing it from scratch, I can feel the scene as I'm writing it and go, oh, this line can totally be cleaner. I love that. You know, what was really interesting about your um, script with Dave is I could tell the portions that you wrote and the portions that dave wrote and no yeah and not all of it some just some very clear like moments and i actually talked to dave about it before group had started before you had arrived and i think i was i think i was right about a few lines that i was like oh this is this is a tasha <laughs> line for sure <laughs> and if we write our script together i'm actually scared of the merger that will be created you're like josh you better put these dashes away man <laughs> No, you know how much I love dashes. We did a whole episode on it. We loved it so much. But it was really yeah. interesting to because just because I don't think anyone else would catch it if they weren't in a writer's group with both you and Dave for the last. Yeah, you just know us really well. Something, but it was awesome. Yeah. Okay, so now Dave's gonna go write and I then send it. it back, or are you guys splitting up time? So we yeah we split the script in okay. half. So I'm gonna rewrite the first half. He's gonna rewrite the second. He's gonna send it to me. I'm gonna go through it and like revise the whole yeah. thing do a pass on the whole thing send it back to him he's gonna do a pass on the whole thing and then we'll call it a day that's kind of how we'll do it yeah i think that's right i think it's gonna be in great shape it's a great script it's fun i like it it's problematic at the moment no, no, no. but that's i like great. it no surprise you have a nice organized process of doing that where i was struggling <laughs> in my set well you said something that was really perfect is that the second draft really are larger changes a lot of times they're mm -hmm. not surgical changes but i think a lot of times we want them to be surgical changes because yes nothing better than that first draft yes so i very early when i got uh notes on my first drafts i would try to go in to the individual scene like if you told me the scene at the high school reunion isn't working for this reason i would try to just go into the high school reunion scene and change it. And I realized very quickly, my brain does not work that way, at least not at that big second draft level. Like I really had to step back and think about big things. It's really interesting. Like some people I think can do it. Some people can just go into a scene, change it, and then it still flows. I just could yeah. not do it. So to interrupt no. you, I'm curious if you are able to go into scenes individually and tweak at the second draft phase. I don't think I, I, I want to believe I can, but I don't know if I can. Yeah. It's very hard to do. You're saying to tweak, like to keep the same structure of the scene, but just change some dialogue around and change some things that are just happening within the yeah. scene, but try not to change the scene, but also. Yeah. Like in your notes, you're going to have like, oh, page 19, Josh said he didn't like yeah. this. Go to page 19 and just work on that section. I can't do that. I'm like, well, why does Josh have this problem? Okay, I got to go back and change this da, 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 to fix that problem. So that's perfect. That's a great segue into that was sort of what I, when I walked away from writer's group, 
I kind of had a jumble of notes, if I'm just being honest. I, maybe I didn't organize it properly. I didn't ask the right questions. It was one of those things where I was just kind of taking things in and just kind of internalizing things. And maybe I should have spoke up a little bit more. But the next day and the days after, it was just me really trying to organize everything. And okay, there was a problem on page 19. I was like, all right, well, maybe I can tweak page 19. And that's what I, that was my gut reaction, but knowing full well that mm -hmm. there was a different problem somewhere else and yeah it took me a few days it's so weird that i always do this but i have to like i resist making a separate document of all the changes that i need to make and that's that's kind of mm -hmm. what my process is is like okay here's how i have to tackle this there's some problems with my opening this is why there's some problems with these characters over here this is why and then i start kind of noting what scenes need to be changed and then i go back whoa it's interesting yeah so you have a whole separate document that's like an in-between document between your notes before you get into the It's script. very jumbled. Like it's, I wouldn't recommend this for anybody. It's just one of those things that- It sounds organized. Well, the catch is like, I do it in different places. So sometimes I'll be on my mm. computer. Sometimes I'll be taking a walk when I used to take walks and I do it in like my notes app. And then I would have to start putting them mm. together. And then it's just, I don't know. Scattered it's a, a bit. bit scattered, but um, for this second draft in particular, I just had to take like anything, you know, I was taking like the bigger notes and the bigger issues, the arcs, which I think I talked to you about and talked to everyone about. And it was like, okay, how can this arc work? How can this fit? What can this, what can this be? And by the way, 30 minute pilots are tough. Mm -hmm. I knew it, but you're cramming a lot in 30 minutes. Yeah. Try writing 22. It's a nightmare. Oh, that's... <laughs> I hate that's it. That's right. And yours is a proper 22. Mine was like a 35-page, 30-minute. Where else kind of... It like, was. It's like 36. Yeah, 36-minute show. That's fine. It's It definitely feels like it belongs on a streamer. Yeah, that's a streamer. Anyway, the big thing is what I was going to touch on what you did was like acknowledging that these are bigger changes that you have to do. And mm -hmm. I'm saying all this to say... There's certain things I didn't even freaking change in that first draft because I was like, let's just see what Jay-Z has to say about it and yeah. just take it from there. Because then you're just doing a complete complete overhaul of something where yeah. I don't know if it needed to be. I get that. Yeah. Not not ready to change it at this stage. You want to see what the person thinks first instinctually. Yeah. yeah. And then that's like the true second draft, the Jay-Z second yeah. draft. Once your manager yeah, reads yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. That's, but yeah. So that's that. It's just right for me. It's just outlining the bigger things that need to be changed and then trying to figure out really d asking the questions of like, why doesn't, why don't they like this opening scene? Why didn't this work? Mm -hmm. I got to get to the bottom. What's the note behind mm -hmm. the note? It's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do. I'll say that I, so I, while I said I don't do this for myself, I've had to do this for jobs where um, if there are a lot of notes before you jump into the next draft, because they have to give you money for the next draft and they don't want to do that unless they have to, unless they're sure it's going to be good because, you know, people burn all kinds of drafts by like not addressing the notes properly or suddenly they'll get a draft back and they're like, what the fuck? Like I said, take out the high school reunion, not make the entire thing take place at a high mm -hmm. school. And so sometimes people, producers, studios will ask you to do a notes document right. in a way where you take their notes and then you like write within their notes document under like the first note about the high school reunion i would then write a mini paragraph or a couple lines about how i intend to address this note 
And I don't like doing it for myself because it's a waste of time, but it can be very helpful for you to sort of organize your thoughts. If you do feel jumbled, this might be a way for you to do it, is go through the notes individually and be like, okay, this is how I'm going to change that. This is how I'm going to change this. I think the reason it's not helpful for me is because once I get into the script, the way I decide to change it might actually be different once I get into it. And so I've wasted all this time thinking about a solution that makes sense for this notes document that then doesn't actually make sense in practice. And that's just the writing process. So that document is typically just to like make people feel safe that they understand what's going to happen next and approve it and then you go into the draft and do what you need to do i've done that a few times where one time i followed the notes document completely i was like oh yeah this is easy Mm. and then the other time it was just to pacify someone yeah it can be used both ways for sure that's it big takeaway be open to big changes and Natasha wisdom of trying to figure out why certain scenes don't work rather than just scrapping them when someone tells you they're not working but also listen to people too. Like your first draft probably sucks in a lot of ways. Big time. <laughs> it's the first draft. It's meant to suck. So just acknowledge that that's the case and then listen to, to people. Yeah. If they have a problem somewhere, there's probably a problem there. It might not be the, the solution that they, that they think, but um, there's probably a problem. Especially if multiple people are saying the exact same thing. Then there's definitely yeah. a problem. <laughs> there's definitely a problem. Okay. That's it. If anyone has specific questions about rewriting or like you've come across a certain obstacle and going from your first draft to your second draft after getting notes, please email us at act2writers at gmail.com. We can talk about it on the podcast. We can talk about it in an email if you'd prefer, but this is endlessly fascinating to us because we are giant nerds. So um, yeah, second drafts. Second drafts, man. Quote of the day. Quote of the day. The only kind of writing is rewriting. Ernest Hemingway, best author of all time. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram. And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. 